We are now inside of one week until we're eating Pop-Tarts in Orlando. How about a little preview of the preview? You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? It's time to get locked in with Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Wolfpack your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Friday to all. As always, I'm Grayson Boone. Joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. As I mentioned, we are now six days away from the Pop-Tarts Bowl down in Orlando. NC State versus Kansas State on Thursday the 28th. It should be a very, very fun matchup. Now, I wanted to get into a bit of a preview of the preview, like I mentioned. I'm not ready to get into the players and the whole dynamic of the matchup yet. Because I think there's some pending opt-outs that you may see over the course of the next week. So we're going to save this until probably Tuesday and Wednesday leading into the game on Thursday. But we couldn't not start talking about K-State. So we're going to do a quick season review of what they did this year, the type of team they are, and surface-level expectations down in Orlando. So the head coach of Kansas State is Chris Kleiman. He's been in Manhattan since 2019, and he is a winner. He was previously at North Dakota State, where he won four national championships at the FCS level. So, like I said, the man is a winner. He came to Manhattan, Kansas, and in his first five years there, he's won eight games three times, including this year, but also last year in 2022, won 10 games, won the Big 12 Conference, and played in a New Year's Six Bowl the Sugar Bowl against Alabama. So in a short amount of time, K-State has been taken places by Chris Kleiman, and you can feel the type of culture that he's been building at K-State. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, Chris Kleiman, proven winner and all that good stuff, but I think that the most important thing here is that Kansas State is a lot like NC State, and they have a very particular culture. They are. They have a very particular culture. It has to be respected. I mean, you go back to the Bill Snyder days and, and granted, you know, you say which Bill Snyder days because he was there for forever and a day the first time and then didn't have enough of, of the little apple, decided to come back and be the head coach again. But you look at a, a program that has a very strong culture. They have that blue collar toughness to them. And climate was the right guy for this program. I mean, you you look at a lot of things that uh, Chris Kleiman came built in with in terms of his offensive bag with the, the double A gap isos with two fullbacks and whatnot. That's the type of coach he is. That's the type of team this is. Even with uh, Colin Klein coming in and, and you know, kind of sprucing up the playbook a little bit, you know, in the, little, in the words of Lil Uzi Vert, he soft it up but didn't do too much, you know. So it's, it's a it's they're a really good team. They built a really good foundation. They've been doing good things since Klein has been. And obviously, Colin Klein, who we mentioned just a couple weeks ago, took the Texas A&M job that opened. He will not be running the offense here in the Pop-Tarts Bowl, but I would expect the, the similar concepts 
and similar attitude of this offense will very much still be present in his absence. So NC State will have to be ready for this game. Kansas State is a solid program. They're a solid team here in 2023. And this is what they have to show for it. So far, they're 8-4 and four this year. They're 6-3 and three in the Big 12 Conference. And their schedule is as follows. They beat Southeast Missouri by a score of 45-0. They beat Troy very handily by a score of 42-13. to Now, this is significant because Troy, down in the Sun Belt, turned out to have a pretty solid year. They were the Sun Belt champs. They destroyed App State in their way on doing so. And you might see them give Duke a run for their money in the Birmingham Bowl in just a couple days. But that was a that was a very solid win at the time. Little did they know Troy would end up having a pretty good year as well. But Kansas State dispatched them in a very strong fashion. Up next, they went on the road, played a tough Missouri team, lost by just a field goal. Missouri went 10-2 and this year. They're ranked ninth. Yeah. They're playing Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. So if you could say there's a quality loss on their schedule, circle that one probably three or four times. It's a very quality loss. Then they beat UCF by a score of 44-31. to They lost at Oklahoma State 29-21. They won at Texas Tech 38-21. Now, remember, that was the game I mentioned a couple weeks ago. Backup Avery Johnson ran for five touchdowns in that game, which is absurd for a backup quarterback. They then beat TCU 41-3. They beat Houston 41-0. They lost at Texas in a heartbreaker in overtime 33-30. They beat Baylor 59-25. They beat their rival in Kansas 31-27. And they finished the year with a little bit of a shocking loss to Iowa State by a score of 42-35. to So, Kenton, looking through the schedule here, what are the games that really pop out to you? What catches your attention? I mean, there's there's a lot of games that you could kind of point to and say, like, hmm, that's something there. Because anybody who knows me knows this is an Eli Drinkwood stand account. Love me some Coach Drink. And, and he was excellent this year. And, you know, to see that they played – that Missouri team close is saying something good, but there's, this is also a team that's had some surprising uh, letdowns during the year, but also some really big wins. So all in all, I, I don't want to call it one way or the other in terms of like, Oh, this team outperformed expectations by a mile or they underperformed by a mile. Because I mean, bringing back what they were bringing back in, in starting quarterback, uh, I believe Will Howard, it was uh, yeah. starting quarterback. He was, he was supposed to be a guy. Savage was supposed to be a guy. They there were a lot of expectations coming into this season. I'd say they met them. I'd say they met them. Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably hard to match the expectations that they finished 2022 with, being that they played in a New Year's Six Bowl against Alabama, but they had a very solid season. And maybe maybe they do feel a little bit let down by the final result because they probably had 10 wins in there somewhere. But mm-hmm. they had some quality wins. I'd say at Texas Tech in the fashion that they won that game in, that's a quality win. Like I mentioned, narrowly lost at Texas. That would have been a monstrous win, seeing that Texas is now in the CFP. I mentioned that Missouri loss. That's a very quality loss. Missouri is an excellent team. Shout out, Coach Drinkowitz. And, you know, beating their rival, much like we did, you can draw a lot of comparisons between NC State and Kansas State. But, again, looking back through these scores, they put up a ton of points this year. They were a prolific offense. And despite missing some pieces in this bowl game, like I mentioned, they're still going to try and do some of the things that they've done all season long against this vaunted NC State defense. So you look at this offense, they had a starting quarterback that tallied nearly 3,000 yards just underneath of it at 29.94. They had a running back rush for over 1,000 yards. 
They had multiple pass catchers with very, very solid stat lines. It's a good offense. It's a balanced offense. It's yeah. an offense that keeps you on your toes, and, and you know you got to account for everything and be disciplined. I think that's the biggest thing about trying to beat a team like this. That is going to be important. If you look at how Baby Sunshine got those five touchdowns, a good chunk of it was guys lost their gaps. They were not, you know, it, it was very simply a, a matter of, oh, no, look at this. We got a quarterback power, and we're not adjusting for, hey, there's an extra blocker into the scheme because there's uh, somebody here. Oh, no, there's a read option. Oh, he pulled it. Nobody's got the edge and, you know, that type of deal. And and so this is a team that you have to be fundamentally sound to beat because they're com- that's how they're coming. They're coming physical. They're coming fundamental. How are you going to handle They are very disciplined. Like you mentioned, they're very physical. Their offensive line is very stout. Cooper Beebe on that offensive line, it was an All-American, won several awards. NC State defensive line is going to have their work cut out for them in this game. And Kansas State's defense, I'd say they were decent. They had some up and down performances. Decent, fine, average, whatever adjective you want to throw in there. Of course, we know the Big 12 is not really known for the defense anyway, but when you have an offense as good as K-State's has been, you're going to win a lot of ball games, and they won eight of those things this year. So like I mentioned, this is a really good team. This is a really tough matchup for NC State, and we're certainly looking forward to diving into the deeper details over the course of the next week. Up next, we're going to get into Fan Friday, addressing some of our top comments of the week after a quick word from our sponsors. Our first sponsor of the day is Game Time. If you're still in the market for Pop-Tart Bowl tickets, get over to Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Again, you can see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect upon arrival. Their all-in prices show your total upfront, so you know you're getting a great deal without those hidden fees. And you can buy tickets in just a couple seconds with a number of taps. If you're late in the Christmas gift-giving game and you need some ideas to float over to Santa Claus, tell Santa Claus to check out Game Time to get tickets for this upcoming Pop-Tarts Bowl down in Orlando. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Middle portion of the show here on Friday, of course. Without further to do, it's Fan Friday. Let's get into it. First one here from NCSU Pack fan. What an outstanding day it's been in past couple weeks. The coaching staff bringing in the transfers and recruits they have and holding on to those recruits has been nothing short of unbelievable. The NIL support is also amazing. Only question I'm left with, and I'm aware it's getting greedy, is where is Smothers? So yes, the buzz like we've been discussing around this NC State football program, it just might be at an all-time high right now. We had a very successful National Signing Day, as we discussed, converting all of your commitments into signees plus one, getting the big flip over from UNC, and the transfer portal, which is very much still active, might I add. All the National Signing Day kind of takes your attention away from it very briefly. Yeah, you can still see very big names come across our desk in the transfer portal. 
and Dalen Smothers is one of them. Still kind of waiting around to see which way the cards may fall on that one. I, I do think that NC State feels very confident in their chances to get Smothers here to Raleigh, but still just haven't quite heard anything quite yet. Yeah, no, I 1,000% agree. I mean, this is a he's a big-time player. He's a big-time guy. We're, obviously, everybody wants him in Raleigh. I don't think that there's anybody who's like, oh, no, keep that guy away from the program. Like Everybody wants him in Raleigh. He's got connections to the team. These things happen on the players' time. You know, we as much as we'd love to to make it happen on ours, it, it doesn't work that way. But I agree. I'm also looking for Smothers, seeing like, hey, we we got some carries, brother. We got some room for you. We got some room for you in the backfield. So we'll see. Next one comes from Matthew Fish 100. Royal, so this is Ronnie Royal, should play like Travis Hunter. This is a guy that is that good. I think if he was taller, he would be a five-star guy. He is as talented as anyone coming out of high school. So this one's super interesting. You know, we talked about this, the the superstar athlete potential that Ronnie Royal has coming out of the state of Alabama. He did basically look like Travis Hunter in high school, playing on both sides of the ball and putting yep. up freakish numbers. Could he do it at NC State? I think so. But we are now suddenly very deep at all of the offensive positions. I think we really need Ronnie Royal to be back there in that secondary. You know what's interesting? Grayson, who was the player I compared him to? Who who was the guy that I said he's a lot like this one? And and I think that we can use him in similar ways to high school use him. Didn't you say Jabril Peppers? Yes. And you know uh, what Jabril Peppers did at Michigan? He played a good chunk of offense. He, he as he got older and got better at safety and linebacker and all the different things they asked him to do, he then played a little offense as well. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised at all because this Ronnie Royal III is, he is phenomenal. That young man is nothing short of phenomenal. And watching him with the ball in his hand, he's special. Watching him on defense, he's special. I, again, I don't know how. I don't know how, I don't know how we got him out of Alabama. I have no clue. I have no clue. But I'll tell you what, this one here, this young man, again, He's, he's going to be special. He's going to be one of those ones for NC State. Not to go off on a tangent here, but I, I wanted to get your take on this. Do you think you're going to start to see more two-way guys at the college level because of someone like Travis Hunter? No. Um, objectively speaking, there is not. Travis Hunter is is one of one. Uh, Jabril Pepper is one of one. You don't see a ton of guys like them. You it's It's very rare to see guys who can do it all at a high level. And even more importantly than that, you have to think about it this way. The question that you have to ask yourself when playing a player both ways, is him playing both ways throughout the entire game? Is the level of production I can get from him at this whatever position is his secondary position per se, is that higher than another guy that we could get to play that same position is the question, right? So like you just talked about with Ronnie Royal in terms of like our backfield is extremely crowded. The question that you would have to answer for Ronnie Royal, would he play both ways is, can you get more production out of Ronnie than you would a, you know, a Duke Scott, a um, a Kendrick Raphael, whatever the case may be, whoever the second or third back ends up being, can you get more production out of that guy than you would Ronnie if he were back there? And I, I think that, that that answer is more often than not going to be, you would not get more production out of that guy especially over the course of a full game. And so it's just not worth it to expose him to that many snaps, exposing the potential injury when you've got another guy who can 
compete and do it at about the same or better level. But again, I think Royal is that special that when we start looking towards his career winding down his junior and senior year, or maybe his junior year, if he uh, is looking that great early and he looks like he's going to leave early, we could see it. UNC football coach having a meltdown over another coach's motivational energy for his team is a head scratcher and basically neither here nor there in terms of helping his program get better. I would agree. Perhaps Dave Dorn flipping Keenan Jackson to the Wolfpack sent him over the edge. Bless his heart. Yeah, I, I do think that the the flip commitment of Keenan Jackson probably poked Mac the wrong way before he took the podium on Wednesday. But I mean, the, the whole saga is just, it's still hilarious an, an, yeah. an entire day later. I cannot believe that he went up there and whined about that that hard. And now, of course, the national media is getting their hands on it. And it's surely to get spun in a way that's just pure idiocracy. I won't be surprised, but it's a moral victory for NC State. This is a it's a great moment in this rivalry. It's such, you know, it just it feels good to be wearing the red and white in this particular situation. We know we are HTT, hard toughing together. The boys in baby blue, as you can see, are very much the opposite of that. You know, absolutely bless little William's heart, you know. Bless <laughs> little William's heart. Um, I know that he's going through a lot right now. It must be a very tough, emotional, trying time over there at Chapel Hill. But then again, they don't care anyway, right? They didn't care when Peyton Wilson flipped because he was their, what, eighth best linebacker uh, recruit, according to those guys. And and Keenan Jackson is their fourth or fifth best receiver recruit in this class. So they don't care. You know, they don't care about any flips. They're happy. They've, they've got all their guys who are exponentially better. Hey, Keenan. When you uh when you catch that third touchdown against UNC in a couple of years, just just let them know. Just throw up the phone to let them know, like, oh, I was your fourth best, right? Uh, y- y'all got three better than me, right? Just, but anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Complete goober activity, complete herb activity. Like, again, very disappointed, William. Very disappointed, you, William. The use of herb there was delightful. Uh, the next one here comes from Jay Gardner Pack. This might just be the comment of the entire week. Sour Mac does not hit as hard as Salty Dave. Red Solo Cup for life. I'm so proud of Dave and the way he even handled Mac's response. He he basically alluded to the fact that he's not really sorry, except for the fact that it did get broadcasted on TV, which is not exactly his fault. He should be firing up his players in a way that they want to go out and beat their rival every single time they take the field. You know, I think we should change it to, from Sour Mac to Moist Mac, because this is, again, very... Very, very soft activity from William. Uh, we expect better. And uh, it absolutely doesn't hit. It has no ring to it. Sour Mac sounds gross. Uh, and, you know, hey, next time you want to cry, next time you're feeling a little emotional, just play Return of the Mac. And remember, you will never be the most emotional person in the state of North Carolina so long as William Brown is here. <laughs> Last one here on Friday from Wolfpack DMD. Pack on the rise. We need to start howling at the beginning of our games. How cool would it be to hear 58,000 fans howling as an intro to Wolfpack football? Need to start the tradition before other teams do it. Go Pack. Kenton, what do you think about 58,000 people howling at the beginning of a football game? Hey, this kind of fire. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not. Listen, everything sounds dumb until it's done. Like, think about it this way, right? Oh, yeah, we're going to play the same song for 30 years and we're going to jingle our keys at the beginning of the game until kickoff happens. 
That doesn't sound cool, does it? Enter the Sandman is one of the most iconic entrances in all of college football. That song has been out forever. What are we doing here? Like, all I'm saying is, if if you came in to a stadium and you were literally like right before kickoff, you hear that, you hear like a, a, a horn or a siren sound to give everybody to go like, oh, this is happening. And then you hear 58,000 feds doing the 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 uh, howling together. That's that would be a little nerve wracking. Not gonna lie to you. Do you think it's flying a little too close to Georgia and barking at folks in in public? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. again, it's it's only dumb until it's done. Like if if everybody does it together in unison. And granted, I'm not expecting everybody to sound like a youth choir or something like that in terms of like all of us harmonizing the house. But I'm saying like, if you get 58,000 folks howling at the same time, yeah, that's, that that is very unique and it's very terrifying. Up next, we're going to round out our Friday episode with a little bit of scheduling notes for next week, being that Christmas is on Monday. So stay tuned for that after a quick word from our sponsors. Our second sponsor of the day is FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's right, $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. We're now sneaking into the heart of bowl season, and the NFL playoff race is starting to heat up, so get over to FanDuel to continue winning more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and continue winning this NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Last couple minutes here on Friday. Just wanted to take a couple minutes to summarize what next week will look like for this podcast. Of course, Christmas is on Monday, so we will not be releasing a show on Monday. Please enjoy Christmas and the holidays with your family, with your friends, with your loved ones. We will be resuming posting on Tuesday and Wednesday. That'll be when we dive further into the Kansas State football team, a little bit of review of their players, what to expect. We'll look through their opt-out list if there are more at that point in time. And then we'll start looking at bowl game predictions, projections. We're going to do Kenton's Keys like we have all season. All the all your regular football programming you will see uh, next week. And then, of course, Kenton and I are making the trip down to Orlando. We will be at the Pop-Tarts Bowl. If you are making the trip, let us know. We would love to run into some of y'all down there. It'd be so great to connect with Wolfpack Nation on the road in such a momentous occasion, the Pop-Tarts Bowl. Great end to this football season. We'd love to see some of y'all on the road. So that is our schedule for next week. Again, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to all. Thank you all so much for tuning in with us this year. It is kind of the close of a calendar year now, which is crazy. We've come so far in just a year. Of course, I joined this podcast back in March, around March Madness time, I believe it was. And to see how we've come from then into what we've evolved into now with still another, you know, with still many more accomplishments on the horizon, we couldn't do any of that without the support of everyone that's listened to the show, all the commenters, everyone that's interacted with us on Twitter. We cannot thank you all enough. Thank you, Wolfpack Nation, so much for all the support. 
We're going to be down in Orlando putting a bow on this 2023 season, certainly hoping to use this bowl game as a springboard into what should be a very exciting 2024 for both Wolfpack football and this podcast. Happy holidays. Go enjoy some eggnog. Go do all the things. Have all the things, uh, you know, it's, it's that time of the year where we get that wonderful delicacy known as eggnog. But very seriously, um, you know, enjoy the family. Enjoy, you know, we we send love to all you and yours who watch the show. We send love to your families as well. Uh, we look forward to seeing y'all again in, in the new year. As my good friend uh, Grayson Boone likes to say, this ain't even the warm-up yet. We ain't even stretched. So, you know, we'll, we'll be covering the game in person and all that. But trust me, you'll be hearing from us again before the new year. But we got some things. You know, them boys up to something. They just not just bluffing for this new year. Kenton was also trying to run up the score on me because I do not like eggnog. I think it is rather disgusting. So if that's you too, get down in those comments and let us know. It might even run a poll. It's yeah, so we're, we're going to run a poll about this because most of <laughs> the State fans are like me. They're wonderful people who love eggnog, okay? It's we'll sickles see. like you who don't like eggnog that you, you need to be watched. You need to be why You need to be on the watch list. I'm just saying. We'll see about that, but that'll do it for us here on Friday. That'll do it for us here this week. Massive week for Wolfpack football, as we all saw. Be sure to hit that like button. Put all of your comments in the comment box. I'll be sure to get to each and every one of those. And as always, mash that subscribe button. Tell somebody to hit that subscribe button over your holiday break. Maybe they got nothing else to do around the house after opening up all their Christmas gifts. Hit that subscribe button. Come come check us out. We got a lot to discuss next week. Thank you all so very much for the support. We will see you on Tuesday, not Monday. Keep that in mind. But until then, go Pack. Go Pack.